0: It's the My Michelle Live podcast.
1: My Michelle Live, entertainment review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle.
0: Thank you, big voice guy. I am Michelle Mendoza, hanging out with you today and taking on entertainment, giving us something to do. I'm going to be enjoying today the slopes. I'm going skiing, but what a different world it is. There's no hanging out inside and grabbing something warm to drink. There are some outdoor places to freeze and to grab something. As you wait in line, you have to have masks on. You have to be separated on chairs. That's the world that we live in, and this world has also turned Hollywood and the entertainment industry upside down. So today we will talk about Hollywood, we'll talk about theater, and we'll get you plugged into the movies. Things may have changed, but there are some ways that you can get connected to the theater in some really touching ways, and some movies that you'll want to get connected with as well. So get out. On with it, Michelle. Let's get along for the ride. Let's look at some entertainment news.
2: Entertainment oh, news, news. news, news,
0: Hollywood. Maybe Hollywood. Could New Zealand be the next Hollywood? This is a big news story. It may be that New Zealand is at the bottom of the globe, but it is now at the top of the movie industry. It's all thanks to the pandemic. New Zealand is enjoying an unprecedented, unprecedented boom in film production. It has also enjoyed the COVID-free environment. They've been pretty careful there. They're in a topographical place that they can do that. And directors are seeking out New Zealand for their safe conditions. How big is it? Well, James Cameron's Avatar sequels Amazon's Lord of the Rings series, Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst, all being filmed there, isolated from the rest of the world. And I feel we've got a government here that's been, in New Zealand, that's been super helpful to the film industry. So this is huge news. Think about it. Don't think for a minute that a powerhouse like Hollywood could not be brought down a little bit. We have seen it in smaller ways. I'll give you a little insider's look. Many of our movies and TV shows that you think are filmed in the U.S. are actually filmed just up the road, from me, I live here in Seattle, Washington, and just an hour or two up the road in British Columbia, they have a film industry that is like a mecca. And it took place as cities here in the U.S. became pretty cumbersome to work with, expensive, taxes, red tape. They wanted more and more, and to dee to da, boom, films and shows that I used to audition for and work for, just a hop, skip, jump away, left and were filmed across the border to the north. Many productions are now filmed and worked on in L- in L.A., but they're starting to leave. Why? Well, it's expensive. They've got a lot of social programs in California. They've got to fund, so there's a lot of taxes. Other places are beautiful and beautiful. And a little cost cost preventative, you know, it helps. So as in many cities, we're seeing those that can afford to leave and so often do, so does the industry. Kind of ironic though, the very system that Hollywood elites kind of tout maybe their downfall. Hmm. I'm just speculating. More entertainment news. All right. The coronavirus changing entertainment in other ways and in other Hollywood-type areas. You've heard of Bollywood, right? Bollywood out of India by production and in many cases cost. Did you know it actually outperforms Hollywood? But... Again, listen to this huge story over there. All that glitters is not gold. The entertainment capital of India is reeling. They had celebrities that are under fire and their whole system is being looked at. First, there was a recent suicide, sadly, sadly, of a star. His name is Shushant Singh Rajput. He was a young and popular movie actor with a brilliant smile. Raphoot's last film he starred in was an indie language remake of the teen romance you may have heard of it the fault in our stars it was based on john green's bestseller that was adapted into a 2014 hollywood movie well this young man who starred in the film was kind of an outsider and not surprising in india it's a place of extremes you know they have the caste system and um They have the Dalits, which are the untouchables. Yeah, that's still happening today. The haves and the have-nots. Those of us here in the United States that can complain about social injustice, we may have never seen with our own eyes what the bottom of the social justice barrel really looks like it would help you realize how far we've come in the United States and how much hope we really do have. Maybe it would keep us from hating other people and just say, hey, we've come a long way. Let's keep up the good work and work together. But of course, no, it's called the human condition. We suck. It's true. The privileges of the Bollywood elite there in India, according to BBC, lays bare the simmering fault lines between the haves and the have-nots of the country in India, and the Hindi-language movie industry in particular. The fight for equality is not just a Western idea, even in this caste system area. It's a desire of all men to be recognized. And some things are changing in Bollywood. This is interesting new news the new age of Bollywood filmmakers have started to find funding to tell stories of contemporary India with both commercial success and critical acclaim. And they're using actors, not just from their little uh, nepotistic pool of perfect people, but scouted from towns in small areas. They're going for the regular people. Gone uh, are the days of the dynasty of the Hollywood or Bollywood royalty. Good thing? Well, it's a new story at least. The deeper story here is that we can look to industries like Hollywood. We can look to powerhouses. We can look to our favorite dynasties in sports or political movements as though they are a firm foundation. They are the be-all, end-all, and they will be forever. And we build our hopes and our dreams on them. But just like the movies, uh, all that glitters isn't gold, and what we see isn't really there. It's fiction. Hello. Everything, everything in our world is temporary and fallible and it will eventually topple. So, to me, the God story, even in the entertainment business and the entertainment news today, what am I building my life on? Oh, oh, and did you hear this story? Did you get an earful of Tom Cruise? Really? He was berating the Mission Impossible 7 crew members for breaking COVID 19 pro- protocols. It was reported that two a couple of people were standing less than six feet away from each other. And the audio leaked to a British newspaper captured crews, allegedly crews, shouting at crew members. It was crazy. People need to rigorously follow these COVID-19 restrictions. That's the thought out there, right? We believe that in order to keep others safe, to allow work to continue, etc., cetera, et cetera, ta-dee-ta-da. But his berating and abusive scream down, that was not okay. It's bullying. So listen, listen, I've got a clip of it. Listen to this very short F-bomb redacted version of his long blowout because two cast members were standing less than six feet apart.
1: You're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night, insurance companies, producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you do. And you too. And you. Don't you ever f***ing do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their f***ing Because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table. Or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. In the future, the
0: Okay, you know what that reminds me of? What happened to me this week? It's getting crunch time for delivering packages, right? So I have a big box and I'm taking, actually, I was sending a hat to Chris Brown. If you listen to our Sports Time Out podcast, um, Chris Brown is what we call our villain and he is such a great guy, but I sent a hat for his daughter, right? I wanted it to get there by Christmas. So sent this thing off, went to the post office. I'm parked just by this big line about a block, almost a block and a half long of people waiting to get into the post office. And they're maybe 15 feet away from me as I park my car. I'm getting my packages out, putting a package on top of my car. And before I could get my mask on, a guy in line screams at me and says, Hey, do you mind putting on your mask? And I'm ignoring him because He can't be talking to me. I'm just getting out of my car. You know, I've got this big package in my hand. Really? You know, can you give me two seconds now? He's not talking to me. But yes, he was. And he yelled at me again. And I turned and said, hey, give me a minute. (laughs) You know? Then he starts yelling as though I had a bomb in one of those boxes, but not a bomb. He was yelling everyone. She doesn't have a mask on. She doesn't have a mask on. And I kid you not a group of people like a mob start converging on me i'm thinking you know back off or i'm gonna cough on you people come on they they were freaking out because i hadn't gotten my mask on yet the good news to the story is some of them just left they left the line they left the area apparently i was so unsafe i did put my mask on people and i got in line and i got to move up just a little bit faster I'm sorry, that was crazy. Really, was that necessary? And Tom Cruise, was that really necessary? If this isn't indicative of the bully mentality we've allowed ourselves to get into. I don't know what is. So right. We're so right about our ideals and our ideas, whatever they may be. It may be our faith. It may be masks. It may be Black Lives Matter. It may be whatever is put in the blanks here. In Tom Cruise's case, mask wearing and social distancing on set. Okay. Many of his staff, by the way, bailed because no, that's not okay to talk to people like that. I mean, come on. Uh, set standards. I get it. But what has happened to respect? We have demonized ourselves, each other. We're demonizing people. And that brings us to our next story. Grammy Award winning artist, that uh, uh, an artist that was announced as a performer in the New Year's Eve broadcast of Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve on ABC. It was... A singer Lauren Daigle and it'll be broadcast live from several locations including New Orleans, Jackson Square, but Lauren Daigle was set to be one of the Grammy award-winning artists and this Christian singer um, has sparked a dispute in New Orleans between the mayor and state officials. The New Orleans mayor, Mayor Latoya Cantrell, criticized Laurel Daigle Um, and she didn't want her included. She said the singer had placed the city's residents at risk of COVID-19 by performing at an outdoor worship protest. She harmed our people. She risked the lives of our residents, and she strained our first responders in a way that is unconscionable. In the midst of a public health crisis, boom, demonize. I don't hear anyone saying that about people who may have been part of a Black Lives Matter movement, a Black Lives Matter protest. They should not be on stage because they put others at risk. Why? Because we selectively have outrage. We have selective outrage. We demonize who we don't like. But, you know, if it's something that we support, the ends justify the means. Lauren Daigle, that might not be my, my jam. So burn her at the stake. Or as the mayor of Narland said, she cannot and should not be rewarded with national media exposure.
1: Whoa!
0: See what I mean? Crazy stuff. Okay, let's get to one story that's on a brighter note. A couple that gave us the Grinch and the Secret Life of Pets is a husband and wife filmmaking team, Yaro and Carrie Chini, and they're making a children's film about the wise men with Andy Griffith narrating. It's an animated family film. The three wise men originally released on DVD in 2006, but was released on digital home video for the first time this Christmas season. And it's free for Amazon prime members. So let's end on an up note and let's talk about the theater and the movies I'm Michelle Mendoza. This is Entertainment Review.
1: My Michelle Live Entertainment Review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle.
0: In this Entertainment Review, I have a Christmas present for you. Even though COVID and 2020 has wreaked havoc on some of our entertainment going out and about, and I spent a lot of time going to theaters to see musicals and productions and concerts. and know how I miss it, and I bet you do, too. But here is the cool thing. As you listen to Entertainment Review, I'm going to give you some connections from all around the country, where you might not be able to drive across the country and see a really great production. Now, a lot of these really great productions are being brought to you online, and you can experience live theater, you can experience the theater experience just by logging in. One of those experiences comes from the northwest corner of the United States, from a small theater Production that's been around since the 1970s called Taproot Theater. They're a theater that reaches out to the community and a very diverse community, but they have always remained, as they've started, rooted in faith. They have a new production that runs through January 3rd, and it is a fabulous Christmas production. This is a production called Christmas at Home. It gives you a chance to get comfy on the couch and join some artists as they share songs stories and Christmas traditions that make the holiday season special for all of us we'll be speaking in just a moment with the creative director Karen Lund and we will speak with a couple of the actors actually from the same family Faith Bennett Russell and Sarah Russell and uh, hey all of you welcome glad to have you here today Let's talk about Christmas at Home. This is your creation, Christmas at Home. And <laughs> I have to tell you, I think it's a grand idea. It's like bringing us all together in a time where we're so separated.
3: Oh, yeah. Let, let me let me tell you what happened for me. Um, I don't know whether you know this, but at the end of December, <clears throat> Our founding producing artistic director Scott Nolte and his wife are both retiring after 44 years of service at Tapper Theater. And this was to be his final year. He was going to get to do all kinds of wonderful projects that he has always dreamed of. And then COVID happened. And so suddenly he's not doing the plays that he was hoping to present this year. Now, I was always going to direct the Christmas show. But what you have to understand is that Tappert has been serving our community with Christmas productions for 44 seasons. Yeah. And there are some of our patrons who have been to every single one of those. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how can we let the Christmas season pass and not provide a a project, you know, that they can come and see? Because for so many people, it's part of their holiday season. Their tradition is that they bring their family to a Tappard show. Sure. And the way that can happen for them is we do about four touring shows where, that you can bring to your church or community center. Um, and we also do two on site shows, one on our main stage. And for the last several years, in our smaller theater, the Isaac Studio Theater, we've been doing a Charlie Brown Christmas. And that's for the youngins and families and people who have nostalgia about Charlie Brown. So I was like, we can't just offer nothing. (laughs) And uh, I just started thinking about what can we do? We're all sitting at home. We're not supposed to gather, but there's gotta be a way we can talk about being together and what those traditions mean and how we can provide entertainment, nostalgia, warmth, celebration joy and so I started talking with some of our um, artists and our staff and and what you're going to see with this is some amazing musical theater artists singing your favorite Christmas songs and then uh, some of our staff members playwrights and artists talking about what Christmas means to them and their families and how they celebrate for the holidays And we've just got some really fun, funny, um, enjoyable, um, heartwarming stories to share.
0: So for those folks, especially who have been part of the Taproot experience, they have a opportunity to get a little insight into something that's been a tradition for a long time. It's like almost taking people behind the scenes and getting a little more intimate in a time of social distancing. Hey, that's pretty cool
3: yeah and and not only are we gonna have like i said songs and stories but then over 40 of our artists uh send out holiday greetings so you're gonna see tons of familiar faces um from if you come and see shows at taproot you're gonna see tons of your favorite artists just wishing you happy holidays holidays. wishing Wishing you just um a wonderful christmas time so it, it should be i think it's gonna be a lot of fun the people who have seen it so far have been really enthusiastic
0: I'm excited to hear a little bit more about it. Um, Sarah Russell is one of the actors in this great Christmas show you may want to get in touch with and experience, and we'll tell you how. Don't worry. That's what we're all about, Sarah. I want to hear about your involvement, what you think about the production, how you got connected. Just tell me your story.
4: Yeah, uh, I was super excited to be asked to do it. I love being able to do anything with Taproot. I definitely grew up A a lot of my life has been with taproot, so being able to come back and contribute in a way, though virtually, was really fun and fulfilling. And I got to sing with my sister, B. Russell. Um, We decided to do this version of Angels We Have Heard on High that was really fun, kind of like more R and B, and just wanted to bring a really fun spirit to this different holiday season and try to find ways to spark joy and I have the most fun with my sister and so we were like, when, when Karen asked us to do a song together, we were so excited because we don't get to sing together very often, so the fact that we got to sing together, have fun
0: Would you hate me if I asked you to sing just a little bit of that R&B feel of Angels
3: We Have Heard on High? <laughs> okay.
4: Angels, Angels We Have Heard on High
0: Singing singing me through through the the okay, that is really cool and kind of funky because we just had a crazy technical glitch as you were singing, Sarah, which gave you crazy reverb, but I think you get the gist. It's going to be absolutely am- amazing. Sarah has a beautiful voice, and this might be a really fun production for our 2020 Christmas celebration. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, Taproot Theater has been involved in Christmas since day one. Taproot Theater is a theater that has always brought that element of faith to the community. And in a real way, you know, not uh, not a this is a preachy Christmas experience, but in a real way with real people. You respect people. You value faith. You celebrate the theater. It's kind of what you're all about. And you're part of the community. I wanted to talk about that, Karen respecting faith in our community which we really need i think in this time uh, to find a little faith but uh, sharing wholesome faith-filled uh, hope uh, to a audience of differing backgrounds and you do it in mm. such a real real right. r- respectful way
3: and that's been well, taproot's way yeah well you know taproot has always considered itself a theater of hope And what we mean by that is that we're a theater that chooses to do plays with hopeful themes. Um, Some people may wonder about how we got the name Taproot. It was actually uh, given to us by one of the founding members. And he was looking in the dictionary and he saw that Taproot, the Taproot is the strongest root of the tree. And if you cut that root, the tree will die. Um, And we always have considered our faith To be our taproot. So what that means for us is, you know, as uh, people on our staff all identify people of Christian faith, and we try and walk that um, as best we can, being human beings and having failures all of our own. (laughs) Um, But we also want to be a crossroads where anybody could come into um, our midst and be loved on and cared for and respected. Um, so everyone is welcome. Um, you also see that um, on stage and backstage that there are people from all walks of life who join us in uh, creating the artwork that, that we provide for everybody. Um, the main distinction, you might not notice a difference between a play that we would put on or a play that, you know, act or the rep would put on other than at the end of the play, we want you to be filled with hope about the future. We want you to understand that each one of us can make a difference um, in our just by our behavior and our actions. And so that's kind of what we're focusing on. And we've found that to be a really successful um, model for us in that it seems like um, there's always a need for hope and there's always a short supply. So if we could be one of those places that's supplying that. Um, that gives us a lot of gratitude, you know, a lot of to be proud of. A lot to yeah, feel I for. Uh,
0: have always appreciated that. We always need a little hope. We always need a little faith too. And Faith Bennett Russell it, has just joined in the conversation. I'm glad you're here with us. You're part of the projection Faith. And wow, what a, what a way to bring Christmas home this holiday season. Something else that I think is beautiful about this production is that you make it available to anyone. You have a pay what's right for you. Does that make you excited as a performer?
4: It does, um, always, and especially now. I I love what um, Karen said, uh, reviewing and sharing the the beginnings of Taproot and the vision, because now... (laughs) More than ever, and I don't want to belabor that point with unprecedented and all that. But um, for Christmas, and especially now Advent, well, it's all about waiting for hope. Mm-hmm. Having it accessible means you get to have that in filling right now. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account, it doesn't matter where you're at uh, emotionally, mentally you have access right now. And I feel like that really lifts up the mission statement of what Tappert's trying to do. And I'm so thrilled to be a part of that.
0: Okay. And that's what I was talking about, making it real. It's uh, not just a platitude. This is living out real faith in real ways. I don't think anything does that more than What you guys are doing and saying, look, like everyone else, theater is struggling all across the country. And we talk with theaters all the time on this program. They're struggling, of course, because, well, you don't have uh, high knees in the seat. But uh, putting it out there for people in this way, Taproot wants you to pay what's right for you. Uh, they have you have uh, differing levels they say just keep in mind how many people are watching pay what you can afford based on your current financial circumstances Uh, you can even give Christmas cheer by purchasing an extra ticket for someone who can't afford to see the show without your kindness and if you're one of those people you just email the box office and ask for a Christmas cheer ticket and there's no questions asked you don't have to fill out forms and and such that's amazing to me. That really is Christmas cheer. You're living it out. Let's talk a little bit more about, uh, for you, Sarah and Faith, mother and daughter, what it's like to work on a production together and, and how this has enhanced your Christmas.
4: Yeah, I, um, it's such a joy to get to work with family. Um, this time was really fun because uh, my mom's face did her own song but it was really awesome to get to support her and hear her just nail it and sound absolutely beautiful and it always brings me so much joy when we get to do things together as a family and perform you know we talk all the time and we have such a close bond but when we actually get to put that energy into something it just feels like magic and it just It makes me so thankful that we also are all in the same career. Because when does that ever happen that a mother and daughters are in the same field?
0: As you're listening today from anywhere in the world, it's my hope to connect you with the theater, connect you with something a little more intimate than what we've been experiencing binge watching Netflix, right? Something that can bring your family a little closer together and give us a little bit of hope. Look, we are really drained in hope. So Taproot is not only giving you as many theaters and we'll present some from all over the country as we continue to to support the arts in this entertainment review, but I'm pretty impressed that you are also giving
3: us the opportunity to reach out to other people, Karen. I think you might be excited to know how many people, I mean, we've had so many people buy those Christmas cheer tickets. So many people who want to um, pay it forward and give other people an opportunity to see the show that they're wow. going to get to see for Christmas, and to the point where we're um, uh, we're we're, all, we're just now getting calls from people saying, "Oh, I'd like to have one of those if there are any available," and there are plenty available. So it's great to say we have a um, we have enough to go around when people give us a call. So
0: okay, so I'd like for you to hear this as you're as you're listening today. Is, uh, everything that that. Tappert is doing right now in this Christmas at home experience is online as well. So as you are listening across the country, and for some of you across the world, if you'd like to tap into Taproot, you can as well. And you can add Christmas cheer to others who may not be able to afford it. So I'm hoping that in this time, Karen, and as we wind up our interview, in this time where theater has always been creative, I think theater is what we can look to to say all right we're in new uncharted territory in this time that we're in let's find creative ways to to bring entertainment to the world to get ourselves through these crazy times and to bring hope and I think that we're we're on to maybe new and creative ways to do that
3: Yeah, I think what you're seeing here is just tons of innovation happening throughout our industry. Um, All kinds of um, theater artists are coming up with different ways to still be in front of their audience. Still um, provide them with entertainment, still uh, let them know that we're, we're poised, we're ready to go, we're ready to jump back in um, as soon as we can meet live again. But in the meantime, we're creatives and we're still working and we're still doing everything we can to make sure that we get art in front of the people, <laughs> because that's what we do. That's our opportunity to live our full selves, um, is by being creative and, and giving it to someone.
0: I wanted to ask my final question of, of you, Karen. Uh, since we started with you, we're going to end with you today. Uh, what would you like people to take away from
3: Christmas at Home, the production of Taproot Theater? I think what's important to me is that when people come and see a Christmas play at Taproot, that we've added to their joy of the season. We've added to um, that feeling of, a special time with family that's about their faith, that's about what they believe in, and that they won't miss out on that because we can't be in the theater, right? So that when they're watching this, we're gonna bring them hopefully that nostalgia of, um, even if we can't all be together in the same room, we can all have the same experience together in different rooms. And through that experience, we can laugh together, we can rejoice together, uh, we can, uh, you know, experience the Christmas season together. Um, yeah. we just really want that to still happen for people.
0: I agree and maybe this might be a new adventure for all of us. Maybe we'll continue to see online uh, virtual connections to things in the future for people who are shut in or for people who feel that maybe they can't even when we get back into the theater. This might be a new way to reach people. I'm pretty excited about it.
3: I've wondered that myself you know because I mean there are so many obstacles um, Uh, for for certain people, you know, um, uh, not not being able to drive or anymore anymore or not being able to drive at night or yeah, Mm -hmm. being shut ins, as you say, and, and how are we serving those people? How can we continue to serve those people? So it's, it's a whole new opportunity, you know, we can
0: make lemonade from the lemons of 2020. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us, all of you today. Taproot Theater, we will put a link everywhere you hear this. And I want to thank you for all that you all do. Thank you so much, Michelle. It may be a small theater in the northwest corner of the United States, but now in this new world and post-COVID, we are a little bit more connected. And you can get connected with things that you never thought you could before i'm excited taproot theater company presents christmas at home it runs through january 3rd taproottheater.org you are listening to entertainment review part of the my michelle live network of podcasts well merry christmas and this is our opportunity to give you a little Christmas view into the movies. We're getting you plugged in with Adam Holtz, a little plugged into Christmas. Merry Christmas, my friend.
2: Merry Christmas to you too, Michelle. Thank you. What'd you get me? Wow. Awkward. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to like email you a gift certificate or something. I'm not God. I am think Let's I've got a leftover a- guitar
0: center gift certificate <laughs> you can, you oh now you're talking i could get some strings for my guitar i yeah, like it exactly. how about you just give me a, a good you know uh five ten minutes here and we'll be we'll call it a merry christmas as we talk that about
2: seems reasonable. <laughs> i that think
0: seems so because that's about what yeah. i got you so um <laughs> we're looking at some movies and I wanted to talk about some of our favorite Christmas movies just to get people, you know, when you're thinking, what should I watch? And there's a lot of categories. There's family, there's classic, there's Christian, there's uh, things that I'm interested in seeing that I haven't seen yet. And there's the absolutely no way not going there kind of category. So I thought we'd start with family. Some of my family friend uh, favorites for the family the Santa Claus series. You got me hooked yeah. on uh, the Christmas Chronicles. I really like that. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Polar Express, except for some people find the CGI a little creepy.
2: It's a little um, creepy, but after you watch it like 50 or 100 times, it won't bother you anymore.
0: And if you have kids, you will. Uh, you, I, I love <laughs> Elf. Elf is, is sweet. Uh-huh. Home Alone. And uh, yep. The Nutcracker is kind of a new favorite, a family favorite yeah. of mine. Uh, we always go to see The Nutcracker uh, Ballet. This is a nice way to introduce the kids to the music. And I think introducing kids to classical music is always a good idea. How about you? Family Favorites. Oh.
2: You know, our family favorite probably is Elf. And, I mean, I give it the the mild, plugged-in caveat that there's a little bit of profanity in there, one or two suggestive moments. But, I mean, Will Ferrell, holy cow, he's at his comic best in this ridiculous, ridiculous movie. And, I mean, we, we quote it constantly. We quote Elf. It's just part of our family lexicon. So that one is definitely a favorite. You know, like when I'm going somewhere, you know, at the beginning when he's leaving the North Pole and he's talking to the narwhal, the narwhal surfaces and the narwhal says, well, he says, bye, Mr. Mister Narwhal. And, and the narwhal says, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. I mean, it's just like when, when I leave, I'll be like, bye, dad. It's just it's a part of our family culture. Uh, and interestingly enough, and I don't know what this says about her, but my middle daughter she has glommed on to Home Alone, and um, maybe she's working out deeply buried antipathy toward adults or something, but
0: Uh-oh. she loves
2: Home Alone. <laughs> it's one of her favorite movies of all time, and and we've it's been well fans of Polar Express, and, and man, I really like The Christmas Chronicles, both of those movies.
0: So, uh, by the way, there is a Home Alone 4 you probably know. I mean, by this time, I think it's not appropriate anymore because if those things were to still happen today as they happened back in the original, CPS would be knocking on the door. I'm sorry. You'd have all of your kids taken away. It's not happening anymore.
2: Honestly, you could play some sort of weird bingo game based on all of the totally culturally inappropriate things that happen in John Hughes movies. Like, you go back and watch them now. It's like wow that's not funny
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but uh, you mentioned elf elf is is funny and yeah there's I have to say sometimes there's a little bit of name calling in our house when someone is behaving inappropriately they are a (laughs) cotton-headed ninny muggins absolutely absolutely
2: the other one we do is you know
0: you did it
2: congratulations you made the world's best cup of coffee or filling the blanks.
0: <laughs> like we'll make somebody we'll make dinner. You did it. You made the world's best dinner. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, the Grinch. Every every iteration of the Grinch is a family favorite in my household. The old yes. cartoon, the new CGI-ish kind of cartoony yes. thing, and even Jim Carrey's version of the Grinch. He is
2: hilarious. Even Jim
1: Even Chip Carrie.
2: Here's my my weird Grinch story, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. You know when you're when you're little, stuff can freak you out. And when I was little, the Grinch utterly terrified me. Kind of like the flying monkeys in Wizard of Oz. Um, and I don't think I have ever You've never recovered shaken it off. I never recovered. And and to this day, (laughs) when my family watches How the Grinch Stole Christmas you know, I'll go get some eggnog or something, and I don't.
0: Okay, well, you obviously didn't grow up in an ethnic household because he, the Grinch no. just reminded me of my dad, my uncle. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah it's like being home.
2: <laughs> but I love the new one, the one that came out, I think, two years ago. Yeah, Dr. this is sweet. Is the Grinch, the one you were referencing. To me, it's a little bit kinder and gentler and less—I don't know—a little grinchy, less spooky. It's a little less (laughs) Grinchy, and and there are purists who are like, well, yeah, when you iron out the Grinch and make him all nice, what's the point? But I'm like, well, I don't know. I liked it better.
0: Okay. I think it's fair enough. All three, I could watch again and again and again. Those are some of my my family favorite movies. But then I wanted to go into some of the classics, because in the classics, they're the ones that we've, excuse me, either all seen. Or maybe some surprise movies that we haven't seen. What are some of your family or your classics, Christmas movies? Well,
2: you know, the classics I think the the classic classics, it's a pretty well defined list, right? I mean you've got It's a Wonderful Life,
1: Mm -hmm. you
2: got Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Absolutely Christmas. Yeah. You got the one that you have gotten told me about that I haven't watched yet. Holiday. Shame on Inn, you.
0: Right? Shame on you. Uh-huh. Right.
2: Well, I know I, I have enough real shame, <laughs> Michelle. So I, I'll uh, I'll put Just, that in some sort of faux shame folder. Yeah, that's okay. Later. That's
0: absolutely okay um, with me. Absolutely so, you know, okay. I,
2: I think it's a pretty. That's a pretty well defined. Uh, okay, with, but here are some things uh, that maybe
0: people haven't considered. Now, a couple yeah. that that everyone may have seen. That is an absolute classic, is like uh, Charlie Brown Christmas from nineteen sixty-five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still no, I was spectacular. The TV
2: specials in a different category. Okay.
0: Okay. So. And then the, yep. A Christmas Carol, there are so many of them. Uh, oh, right. I, I have always watched, and this is the one I was used to growing up with, is the one from like 1951 with Alistair Sims. You know, I uh-huh. watched that one. There's a brand new one of, I think it was 2019, the BBC put it out, yeah. and it's pretty dark. Yep. I mean, very, yeah. not over the top it dark, is. but it's very dark, more like the book, I guess you could say. Um, and it's yep. maybe a grown-up version, but it is powerfully well done. And then there's ones that you just don't want to see. The Jim Carrey one of like 2009. No. Oh, that was just icky, creepy. No, but, I,
2: but ironically, or maybe not ironically, it's. I guess it's just funny. I love the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it just,
1: that's fabulous. It just
2: gets the job done, and that it came does. out in 1992. So I guess that's you know, if vintage is 25 years or older, then I guess it's now
0: vintage. All right, and here's a couple of classics that I do love that maybe people haven't seen. Uh, there's The Bells of St. Mary, if you uh, remember being Crosby. He uh, played a priest, and I think this one was is always so heartwarming. Here's just a little tidbit.
1: This is St. Mary's. They've got a problem. So they just dialed O for O'Malley. Father O'Malley, that is. And now the situation is well in hand. Well, you're the shortest speech ever heard. This is a holiday. Everybody take the day off. Meet Sister Benedict, a real match for Father O'Malley, but possessing a rare warmth and persuasiveness that really gets things done. Come to any conclusion? Yes. This is going to surprise you. And I do want people to like me. So I was wondering if you would accept my building. <laughs> Here is a great motion picture, a humorous and touching story you'll love and remember. You know that, wherever I am, my heart
0: will always be with St. Mary's. Don't you love those old uh, trailers? They're so How trailers have changed over the years, but that's oh, that's boy. a sweet one. Have you I, seen it?
2: I have not. Shocker. Okay. I mean, I, I joke that, that for me, there are two categories, before Star Wars and after Star Wars. I know. It's uh, the a line, so... <laughs> If it's before Star Wars, it's, uh, you know, hit and I, miss. I, I, I'm, it's hit and miss. I've seen a lot of stuff before 1977, but I have not seen that one.
0: Okay. A couple others. This is uh, both old and a remake. The Bishop's Wife is one of my favorites with Cary Grant. I adore that movie. It is so precious to me. And they remade it with Whitney Houston uh, back in the the 90s. Yeah, and Denzel Washington. It was called The Preacher's Wife. Now, while that one was good and the music was was great, uh, they took a little bit of the Spirituality of it, of the um, the uh, the holiness of the angel. We'll just put it that way. It it, it mm-hmm. lost a little bit, but still a really, really, really good movie. There's old movies like Christmas in Connecticut uh, with Barbara yep. Stanwyck. Uh, you have. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. That's a, If you like yep. old movies, uh, that one is just, it, it's fun too. So those are some Christmas classics. Anything so else we, come to mind?
2: We actually own the, uh, what, Christmas in Connecticut. Is that the name of it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I can't even remember why, but my wife bought that and we watched it as a family and my kids were like, this is so
1: boring.
2: <laughs> 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 and it's just, it's fun to watch older stuff with them um, because I think one of the differences is the scenes are so long. The camera stays in one place for an incredibly long time. Even, even I'm on a tangent now, but bear with me. Even something like Mary Poppins, if you go watch Mary Poppins, you pay attention to how long those scenes are without the camera moving. And now we're just so isn't I that think, sad in a way? To, no, it's terrible. No, yeah. Our every are shot, used but, to be
0: every you know. ten seconds, and now you can watch television. Count it as you're listening now. You may yeah. be going, I didn't realize that, and then you think, Oh, Michelle and Adam, we're talking about this. Count it. It could be every yep. three seconds. We are absolutely training our. Oh my gosh! Right, our our attention yeah. span is being trained out of us.
2: No, it is. I mean. Sometimes I'll see a car commercial and there'll be so many cuts so quickly. I'm like, stop. I just want to see what the car is. I'm like, (laughs) you know, show me the stupid thing. Don't keep cutting from one thing to another. Like it's rare with a lot of those sorts of commercials that you'll get even a second. I mean, it is constantly cutting away and we're just used to it, right? It's the frog in the kettle. And you go back and watch these old movies and it's not that the story doesn't move along. It's that the camera doesn't move along, and our kids don't know what to do with it because it feels weird to them.
0: And I think it's really good. It's like taking your kids to the theater, and uh, there's no camera change there. There's set changes. Sometimes there's scene changes, but it really does help you to focus in. And I'm going to say one other thing. Taking your kids to church and making their little butts sit in a pew is not a bad (laughs) thing. I am the poster child for, you know, ADD, ADHD, and it was... in order to get through without my dad pinching and bruising my leg because I was, you know, so active. I had to, I learned to read music, uh, you know, looking through the hymnals. I, I, and, you know, as I grew up, you would think that nobody could, nobody would think that I retained anything. But as I grew up, man, I remember so many things in that, in those sermons and they, they come oh, yeah. to life in, in me. I mean, yep. that's, no, that's, so exactly getting right. your kids to, to, to learn to pay attention, not such a bad thing. And they do retain Adam. You know, I have to say oh, my, daughter, my daughter, my uh, daughter was, was with me really young, visiting a church. And as we walked in, we were a little, little late. So they sat us in the front. Great. We're brand new. We're sitting oh, in the front. Great. And, and Did she is climbing. Wear, like, the
2: Baptist cone of shame or something? <laughs> yeah, no? oh, yeah, right. there <laughs> you go.
0: There you great go. <laughs> And so she's climbing everywhere and I'm getting real and I'd say, you know, if you don't settle down, we're going to, I'm going to take you out of here and we're going to have a, you know, one of those talks. And she just wouldn't settle down. So I took her to the bathroom and I said, honey, we need to sit still and I'd like you to pay attention. Try to listen. She said, I was listening. Like, girl, you were climbing everywhere. You were making noise. You weren't listening. And she said, oh yeah, I did. She gave me like the three point sermon and then her own interpretation at the end at the age of four. I'm like, Okay, let's go sit down. (laughs) If someone doesn't like you climbing on the chairs, that's their problem. I don't know. She does know how to sit still now, though, and that's a good thing, and so do I. That's
2: good. It comes eventually. You know, somebody told us when our kids were little, the days are long, but the years are short. And, man, there's a lot Mm. of truth in that statement.
0: And so watching some of these old movies, not such a bad thing. Even the Bass and Rankin, you know, old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all those silly ones are great. The Christmas story. Uh, Some things that I do not like and I don't want to see and never want to see again. uh, That's a category. Do you have any of those?
2: Well, you know, there's some of the naughty ones that take Christmas things and, and, push them in nasty directions like the bad santa franchise. You mm-hmm, know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't need to see an R-rated profane Billy Bob Thornton going crazy as Santa Claus. It's not funny yep.
1: to me. No, and, not funny. And I
2: like I like funny things. I'm not going to say that I never laughed at an off-color joke or, you know, I'm not sitting there prim and prudish, but I think that there's just something fundamentally inappropriate about taking things that are our child like I won't say childish, but things that are innocent and pure and good, and intentionally just you know running them through the mud—that's not my idea of
0: a good time. Yeah, I. That's where I stay away from some things. I I don't I'm not a fan of Scrooged, for example, because no. uh, a Christmas Carol has yeah. gone you know in every iteration, and I think it goes a little over the top. Um, things yep. like Deck the Halls and even the Cranks, you know, sometimes it kind of goes over yeah. the top or it gets and. And I'm not, it it might surprise people, I'm not a fan of National Lampoon's anything.
2: No, I was going to say that, too. I mean, again. Really? I think that, yeah, no, I was going to say National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation because I think, again, it's flirting with, we're going to take something familiar, but we're going to do an R-rated, you know, quote, adult, unquote, version of it. And uh, I'm not, I don't want to go there. I just don't. Okay, we're um, in
0: agreement there, but you know, everyone has their own, sometimes the... Things that happen in these films hit close to home, and they're like, oh, yeah, that was my family. And so you can find the humor right. in it. So I am absolutely not here to judge you if those are some of your favorite right. films. And that's, right. uh, you know, y- you got to do you. I got it. But uh, for the most part, and the I think the only thing that I haven't seen that I'm, I, that I, I'm interested in maybe is Jingle All the Way 2. Jingle All the Way 1 was kind of funny. <laughs> it was kind of funny.
2: I haven't seen either one of them so I'm not even going to try to pretend.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. You yeah, you haven't will, seen Jingle all the way? I mean, that was that was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger so. and uh yeah. It was it's it's well, kind of funny. Kind of funny.
2: That's the thing with these
0: Christmas Sinbad, Sinbad.
2: Every year they do those sorts of movies and they're doing more and more of them. I think we you and I have talked there are 94 Hallmark style this yeah. romances out this year because people watch them, and so even stuff like that that you would just assume most people have seen. I never saw that one. So okay,
0: I, well, I and some others might, list. some others might not have as well, and your kids might like it. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays this dad who's really busy with work. It's kind of reminiscent <laughs> of a Santa Claus, but it predates the Santa Claus movies. Uh, okay. And he and his wife and son just want him to be with him for Christmas. So uh, he's distracted. You have this neighbor who's trying to kind of move in on on their family a little bit, and he just seems like Mm -hmm. he's Mr. Christmas. Gets it right. Well, it it all centers around, and this comes from a time when there would be big runs on toys. Well, there was this run on this Turbo Man doll, and this whole (laughs) movie is about Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to go through the town and find the Turbo Man doll because he just forgot to get one for his son for Christmas. and it is it is funny it is slapstick sinbad is is in this as well and it really is a fun movie so this is one that i think your family actually would really probably like so there is one and now i wanted to get to uh since we are short on time and i've taken so much christmas time away from you the spiritual (laughs) movies the spiritual ones
2: I'm going to give one serious one and one a little bit more lighthearted one, but they're both biblical stories. The first one is uh, the nativity story from 2006 with Keisha Uh, Castle. Hughes as Mary. And this is, I think a pretty believable take on probably what it was like. Uh, And so I think if you're wanting a sort of realistic glimpse at, at the birth of Jesus, that's an interesting film. Uh, have you seen that one? It's been a long yes, time since I've seen it. I, but I but have. But I remember really, um, really enjoying yeah. it. And, and yet it was, I think that the thing it does is it helps us to visualize all of these parts of the Christmas story that maybe we've never really thought about. And the reality was Jesus was born into an absolutely war-torn and oppressed society. And you, you get that sense of the fact that that Israel is an oppressed, you know, occupied Roman territory. And so I, I think it, it, like all of those good biblical stories, it gives us a sense of context. Uh, and I think Keisha Castle-Hughes does a great job as, uh, yeah. as Mary. And I can't remember who played Joseph, but, you know, Joseph, what's well, important in this story? It's all about Mary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, actually, it's all about Jesus. Let's just let's just get it there. Well, but yes, in this movie, exactly it really right. does tell her story, and it, it it's a beautiful rendition. I recommend that, too. What's the other more lighthearted one that you're talking
2: about? The other one is The Star, which came out in <laughs> yeah. 2017, and it tells the story of Jesus' birth from the perspective of the animals that travel uh, with Joseph and Mary, and I really liked it. I didn't it's feel like it. I was surprised that it stayed super true to the big story arc. You know, obviously there aren't actually talking animals in the biblical story, but uh, it felt like a, a very sweet and biblically faithful in the context of what it was doing uh, retelling of the Christmas story.
0: It's very sweet. I want to add one more to our list. This is like three movies that you can get a little spiritual um on and this one uh, maybe not so overtly spiritual, but the Chronicles of Narnia. It's not uh-huh. per se a Christmas movie, but that first movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, is set in Christmas time. It touches on the yep. Christmas message, and uh, I think it's a classic. I love love that
2: movie. Well, another one that is sort of in that vein is Little Women. Little oh, Women of course definitely has a Christmasy kind of vibe yeah. to it as well. And I'm partial to the 1990s one because I had a crush yeah. on a rider for a very <laughs> long time. But um, I'm glad I've got that off my chest. My wife is aware of it, so no secrets here. <laughs> um, but it's such a great story of these sisters and their mom, you know, trying to make do without dad being home. And, you know, it deals with poverty and trust and and generosity. There's so many themes in it. It's such a terrific Mm -hmm. story.
0: Yeah, I think that's my favorite rendition as well. Uh, The latest one was very well done. I mean, you can't not make that good. I just think that they had to make the point of, I don't need no man, you know, and it's like, right. that's, that's not really how it was. And how the story, uh, it's not really necessarily true to the story that was written. Yeah. It's okay, you know, it, celebrate that. It's okay. If, if love is a, a theme in your life, it's okay for a strong, independent woman to also be a a strong and in love wife, That that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So, you know, celebrate it. But there you go. Absolutely. That's, That's great. All right. Now, as you're listening, if you don't have a movie to watch for Christmas, uh, you weren't paying attention. Rewind (laughs) and... And start this segment again, and you'll be just fine. We've got your back. Adam, now, as I let you go, I want to say Merry Christmas. As we've been working together uh, for quite some time now, you've become more than just a fun person to talk about to movies. Um, Your friend. Uh, We've had ups and downs and crazy fun things. And in fact, I have shared (laughs) this many times that since COVID happened, my favorite COVID memory... Is actually of you. When uh, yeah. your daughter came in with Peanut, Peanut the bear had a boo-boo and needed kissed. And, you know, we're, we're doing this interview. It's like, well, this is COVID. Yeah. Go for it. Kiss the That's bear, Adam. Kiss the bear.
2: <laughs> I needed to kiss the bear. And <laughs> the bear is okay. I just want to report the bear made it through.
0: Hallelujah. So, praise it's the a, Lord. Another it's Christmas miracle. So I wanted to say yep. Merry Christmas. You are such Merry a delight.
2: Merry to you, too, Michelle. Thank you. And... I feel the same way. I look forward to talking with you every week. We get to have, hopefully, a conversation that is helpful to people, but one in which we have fun, and I hope that others enjoy it as well.
0: I know I do. Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas to you, too, Michelle.
0: You should give me a ho-ho-ho. Can you ho-ho-ho? I mean, you can do Kermit. You can do ho-ho-ho. (laughs) Ho-ho-ho. That works. works. Ho-ho-ho.
2: Ho-ho-ho.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it.
2: now it gets weird weird news
0: hey hey lisa j give us some news
5: well do i have some weird news stories for you today in this first one i don't know about you but i don't know if i could even think about eating chicken feathers but apparently they have found a way to turn chicken feathers into a meat substitute (laughs) yikes
6: The world is slowly but surely moving away from traditional meat like beef and chicken with meat alternatives. But while some companies like Impossible Foods are making animal-free substitutes like the Impossible Burger, others like Sorowat Kitty Bunthorn, a 30-year-old student based in London, are looking to use animal byproducts instead. Specifically in this case, he's using chicken feathers. According to Reuters, millions of tons of chicken feathers are plucked and discarded every year. But the Masters of Materials Futures student says we shouldn't be wasting that resource, explaining chicken feathers contain protein, and if we are able to to serve this protein to others in the world, the demand from everyone will help reduce waste. He's already developed both a chicken nugget and a steak substitute made from the feathers, which have generally received favorable reviews. And while it's not vegan or even vegetarian, he says it could still be considered ethical dining, saying he's looking to approach zero-waste restaurants first, as they could be the most likely to adopt this novel ingredient.
5: know what you never know at least they're trying to find ways to not waste and maybe it is tasty Hmm. I'll have to try it I just love this next story I think that through the closures the COVID pandemic there are many companies that are struggling to survive and because of that the Beverly Hills Hotel decided since they cannot serve patrons in their bar at their location they were going to bring the bar to their patrons
0: oh yeah
6: We all miss travel, and one of the best parts about visiting a new place, the Hotel Bar. Well, the Mayburn Beverly Hills, a hotel in Los Angeles, California, wants to bring at least that part of traveling to your doorstep. So what's included with the mobile mixologist experience? Well, two masked-up bartenders show up, and according to Travel and Leisure, immediately pour you some champagne while they get the car bar ready, after which you'll be given a menu from which to choose your desired aperitif. Not only does Mayburn Beverly Hills Car Bar include many of the hotel's classic menu beverages, but also that of its sister establishment, the famous cannot bar in london each bar delivery includes the champagne starter one round of the menu selected drinks and one round of to-go cocktails pre-bottled with two servings oh and you get some bar snacks too but if you really want something extra you could add some caviar tuna tartare or a cheese and charcuterie board of course you'll need to live within 10 miles of the hotel for the service the cost starts at 150 dollars per person with a two-person minimum and six-person maximum
0: i like that story right Lisa J, you got a handle on the news. Give us some more. Well, this last weird news story is a little bit freaky.
5: I don't know if any of you guys watch Game of Thrones where one of the characters, she could put on different faces. Well, there is a company now who actually does realistic face masks and you can pay to either have them do a mask of your face or buy a mask of someone else's face and it looks freakishly realistic. It's a little scary weird.
6: Anyone familiar with Game of Thrones will remember Arya Stark donning the faces of dead men and women as disguises, which is, of course, all fantasy. But these masks, displayed similarly on the wall of a mask shop in Japan, are very, very real. This is Shuhei Akawara, and he makes the hyper-realistic masks on display at his store in Tokyo. Each of them is made from a scan of a real person's face, whom he paid nearly $400 each to use their likeness, to produce these intricate and freakishly accurate facial recreations. And people are lining up not only to buy the masks, but also asking him to use their faces to create them. With Akawara saying about the situation, quote, it's unbelievable, but so many people from around the world are asking me to buy their face. The number of people that want to buy these masks was more than expected too. I think the world is crazy and fun, saying he's received more than 100 requests from around the world, from people wanting their faces to become one of these anonymous masks. Each mask retails for around $950 each, but who can put a price tag on becoming someone else?
5: Those weird news stories are courtesy of Buzz60 and Voyeur.
0: Hey, hey, Lisa J, our associate producer. Thank you, girl. That's Entertainment Review. I'm Michelle Mendoza. Check out more at mymichellelive.com.